With us today is Dr. William J. Parker, 30 years in the Navy, uh, was chief of staff to Naval Surface uh, uh, Forces, uh, president of the East uh, uh, West uh, Institute, and uh, one smart guy. Uh, Dr. Parker, uh, we were talking a couple of days ago, and you said to me that you have never in your 30 or 40 years between the Navy and the other institutions you served uh, worried so much about what's going on in our country. Uh, can you tell all Americans about it this Sunday morning? John, first of all, good to be back on your show. And, uh, you know, I, I said to you about two weeks before the current administration was sworn in on this show, that the president will be tested and he must be strong on day one, or we would find ourselves in conflict around the globe. After the debacle of a pullout in Afghanistan, where we left countless allies and about $60 billion in equipment behind, we discussed again on your show that that week that the terrorist groups and nation states would be emboldened. So these events, in addition to a weakened economy and nearly open southern border, have led to a real threat to our security. So, so what have we seen, John, since you and I have been talking back and forth on this over the last uh, couple of years? We've seen the Russians emboldened to attack Ukraine. We've seen the Iranians emboldened to attack Israel and over 50 attacks on U.S. facilities in the last month alone through their proxies. And we have no idea how many people who wish us harm have entered our country as a result of the southern border. The Russians and the Chinese have conducted joint military operations off the coast of Alaska for the past three years. And this year, with 11 warships, while they continue to fly close to our aircraft in the South China Sea and basically say, get out of our way. And don't forget the Chinese flew spy balloons over the U.S. earlier this year, hovering over some of our most sensitive bases. And when the U.S. finally shot it down, we did so over salt water instead of capturing it so we could discover the sensitive information that was possibly being collected. So there we are. And... Everybody's scratching their heads. Why is well, why is yeah. the White House, why is the Department of Defense giving these kind of orders? And who is giving these orders? And how did the people in the normal command feel about them? What the heck is going on? Well, I, I, can't, uh, I can't say why uh, certain decisions are being made, but, uh, but, but I can say what the results are. Uh, and what we need to do to uh, change and change pretty quickly. We have the smallest Air Force in our history right now. Uh, we, have a, we have a Navy that is just flat out old and getting older and very small, uh, smaller than the Chinese now. Um, we have an Army that has been worn out over years of war. Uh, and and we, have some, we have some serious work to do here. Meanwhile, when you look at uh Israel in particular, and you had mentioned this to me the other day, um, it's the deadliest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. I mean, 1,400 Israelis were killed in that assault, 240 taken hostage. And as a result of that, and a result of what Hamas did, they had about 10,000 of their own people killed as well because they started this war with Israel. So it's it's pretty uh, pretty ugly, to say the very least, and these terrorist groups and these nations are being emboldened. All I think we, we need to do is go back and look at the, the Budapest Amendment, and we can talk about that if you'd like to. Yeah, please do. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, 99% of the people believe that Iran is responsible. Iran is supplying the money to, play, to pay Hamas to do 
to do their dirty work. Uh, in Hamas, uh, uh, they're just hired killers. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I mean, they, they absolutely, absolutely brutal, John. I mean, they're beheading babies. I'm sorry, but you cross the line when you start beheading kids and babies. When you start going in and just raping and pillaging, that's not warfare. That's not about national security. That That's just about being evil, bad people. And these people need to be taken down. And they need to be taken down hard so that they can't come back up again. And, and we have to fight them a second time. Understood. Um, is there any any of the generals standing up and saying this is wrong? I'm sure there are, and I've certainly talked to a lot of them uh, behind the scenes, et cetera. Don't want to don't want to put any of them in particular in uh, uh, in a bad situation. But there are people that are very concerned right now. There's also people that are scratching their head over this uh, Budapest uh, security assurance agreement that we signed under the Clinton administration, started under, under George H.W. Bush, went into Clinton. And, and you know, that, that agreement, this is back in 1994, and by the way, who oversaw it? Who was the ambassador there? It was Tony Blinken's father, Ambassador Blinken. So the current Secretary of State's father was there. And that agreement basically said that at the time, Ukraine would have been the third largest holder of nuclear weapons in the world. And so we said, look, we don't want this to happen as the wall falls, et cetera. We don't want all these countries with nuclear weapons. So what we did was we signed an agreement. The United States, Russia, and Ukraine signed this. And what we said was, we will take care of your security and make sure that you are not incurred, that you have sovereignty if you give up your nukes. Ukraine gave up their nukes. Russia signed the agreement. The United States signed the agreement. Ukraine signed the agreement. And then China and the U.K. also signed a softer version of that. 
And the result is we're not ensuring that Ukraine right now is safe. And we should have done this before the incursion ever started. Somebody should have gone, Vladimir, do not cross that line. And he gave us plenty of indications that he was going. He very slowly moved his forces up on the border to see if we were going to do anything. He very slowly then added, added more forces right up to the border and started moving aircraft up. He was telling us exactly what he was going to do. And we let it happen. Well, Gaddafi trusted the United States. Uh, Saddam Hussein trusted the United States. What happened to them? Right. Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein. You can, you can go on beyond that. You can, uh, you can look at Panama. Uh, the leader of Panama used to, uh, used to be very, very close to the United States. We did not hold these people accountable along the way while we were getting information from them. When they gave up their nukes or gave up their special weapons, uh, this is where we end up. So it's a, it's a real concern, and we have to shift this back around. We also have to build a military again that can deter, and, and deter is both the intent and capability. And, and the fact that we don't have enough ships, enough aircraft, enough Army right now to actually deter what's going on around the globe is a huge concern. Well, there should be a concern. Um, can we fight three wars at the same time if China opened up another front uh, in, yeah. in, the, in the East? No, the answer, the answer is no. We, we decided as a country um, over a decade ago that we would switch from a two MTW, two major theater war and two major contingency um, capability down to two MCOs, two major combat operations, and then one MCO. And when we did that, we then started restructuring our, our forces to have smaller numbers. So remember, under John Lehman, we had a 600-ship Navy and said, we need to be able to do two major theater war and two major contingencies at one time. We're now down to one major contingency, uh, which is a, a huge problem. And so we went from... A, a Navy that had 289 ships up to 600 under John Lehman are heading in that direction, back down to less than 300 now, no longer the biggest Navy in the world. And that is a huge, huge problem. As you decommission ships, you at least have to uh, build and replace those. The same with aircraft. We're the oldest aircraft in the world. Why do we get rid of the F-22, the most capable aircraft we have? Um, it's it's absolutely beyond my understanding of why we would do these and, things. And we're still flying B, 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 we're still flying B fifty twos. I understand that we're re engineing them with Rolls Royce engines now, but the B fifty two is how many years old? I'll, I'll give you a better one. Eisenhower, President Eisenhower was the guy who built the KC one thirty five which we were refueling aircraft during Iraq and Afghanistan with KC-135s, the ones that were funded under the Eisenhower administration. That's yes, 70 they're upgrading years ago. And everything. Exactly. We have, we have got to uh, reconstitute and rebuild uh, our military pretty quickly right now. But it's not, just about, it's not just about that. It's about intent and capability and being smart about things, too, and being smart about relationships. I, I do believe in my heart of hearts that we could have brought Russia onto our side had we been smart about it early on. Uh, they were predominantly Christian. They were predominantly, uh, there was another country that didn't have a good time in Afghanistan. They had issues with China. They still have issues with China. We had a chance to bring them on and we didn't do that. 
Uh, and so now they are a huge enemy again, and that's that's a problem. Uh, China, I, I, agree. I do not think that we I do not think we will ever be close to China. We just have too many differences. I think maybe we can work economically with them, et cetera. I do not think we will be close to China in our lifetimes. Well, Dr. William Parker, um, thank you very much for coming on this Sunday morning and, and telling it the way it is. And uh, I pray for our country, and uh, I will light, a church, will light an extra candle at church today. John, I appreciate it, and I'll leave your, your audience with one more thing. Remember, for the last three years, the Chinese and Russians have conducted combat operation exercises just off the coast of Alaska. This year was their largest exercise. This is not by coincidence. They are showing us that they are building their capability and they're building it together. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Dr. William J. Parker, thank you so much, and we'll catch up again real soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.